Are you curious about what it's like working in healthcare today? Do you believe in the power of storytelling? I'm Dr. Emily Silverman, the host of the Nocturnist podcast, where healthcare workers share personal stories of joy, sorrow, and self-discovery. Each episode, whether a compelling performance from one of our live shows, an intimate series of audio diaries from one of our documentaries, or an engaging conversation with guests such as book authors or filmmakers, aims to connect, provoke, and inspire. Learn more at thenocturnist.com or subscribe to The Nocturnist wherever you get your podcasts. We've arrived at the fourth and final installment of our series, The Aftermath of Aducanumab. This week, we've heard some of the messy and complicated questions that this pricey and controversial new Alzheimer's drug, also known as Aduhelm, has raised for doctors, patients, and payers. Today, we hear what's on the minds of pharmaceutical industry insiders from the studio at the Leonard Davis Institute at the University of Pennsylvania. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Luke, if you would just start by introducing yourself, please, your name and title. Sure. I'm Luke Timmerman, the founder and editor of Timmerman Report, a biotech industry newsletter. And what's your background? I've been a biotech journalist for about 20 years. Based on your conversations with sources in the industry, Luke, what's been the most common reaction to the aducanumab approval? In one word. Outrage. People in the biotech industry want the FDA to be the guardian of safe and effective drugs. And in this case, they appear to have lowered their standards. When that happens, it potentially can reduce the confidence that physicians have in what an FDA approval means. It can shake the confidence of payers who count on the FDA to do a rigorous evidence-based analysis. It's really the foundation of the industry. It's kind of what separates prescription drugs from nutritional supplements. Were you surprised with this ruling? I was. I was. The evidence in support of this application is very weak at best. There's so many things here that are just really head-scratching. Like, why would the FDA surrender so much of their authority here? They said that they're going to require the company to run a confirmatory trial. But this trial could take as long as nine years to complete. So in the meantime, Biogen will be able to market this drug. Physicians will be able to prescribe it. Medicare will be asked to pay a lot of money for it. And during all these years, we will not really know if it is bringing the clinical benefit that everybody wants to see. So then, Luke, what's the best explanation you've heard for why the FDA approved this drug, given all the doubts? Well, I don't think the FDA has clearly explained itself. I will say, though, that I have seen one previous situation with a prostate cancer drug that was a first-of-its-kind cellular therapy. 
And this was a controversial data set, much like aducanumab. I spoke to one of the advisory committee members who said he voted in favor of it because he thought that would stimulate better therapies to come. So I think it's entirely possible that this is part of the motivation. And it's awfully hard to say no to very sympathetic victims when these people are being offered something that looks like hope. Earlier this week, after we interviewed Luke, the FDA did begin to explain its decision, releasing 83 pages of internal documents. In one of the memos, an FDA official appeared to make the case that giving patients a chance now to try a drug that might work was more important than waiting years for Biogen to prove the drug definitely works. Acting Commissioner Janet Woodcock also turned heads this week with some public remarks defending the FDA's approval by saying that, quote, empirical evaluation is not the only way of evaluating truth. Do you think that Aduhelm's approval is going to drive more research into other Alzheimer's treatments, Luke? There has not been a lot of reason for hope. And investors have looked at this field and been pretty discouraged. They've put their money in other areas that look more promising, by and large. Other entrepreneurs could look at this and be inspired to try the long shot idea that maybe wouldn't have gotten funded before. So it could spark something of a rebirth of Alzheimer's R&D. But it could also send the wrong message as well, that we should double down on this amyloid hypothesis, which has been something of a, a blind alley in the scientific community for the last two decades. On cue, drug maker Eli Lilly has now announced plans to seek accelerated FDA approval for a therapy similar to Aduhelm. How do you expect this to influence drug makers' moves outside of Alzheimer's? Will we see denied drugs coming back from the dead, new drugs with worse evidence? In essence, Luke, is this sort of open season for drug makers? It could be perceived as an open invitation to take that failed study from a couple years ago and do what's called data dredging, like fish around in the data set, try to find out if, if there might be some positive signal there in some subpopulation of patients, package it together, enlist the patient advocates on your side who are often desperate, put pressure on your local congressman and the FDA and, and give it a whirl. And, and that opens up this kind of can of worms that most people in the pharmaceutical industry just don't want to go into. When we come back, we ask Luke the $56,000 question. Is this drug worth the price? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are you curious about what it's like working in healthcare today? Do you believe in the power of storytelling? I'm Dr. Emily Silverman, the host of the Nocturnist podcast, where healthcare workers share personal stories of joy, sorrow, and self-discovery. Each episode, whether a compelling performance from one of our live shows, an intimate series of audio diaries from one of our documentaries, or an engaging conversation with guests such as book authors or filmmakers, aims to connect, provoke, and inspire. Learn more at thenocturnist.com or subscribe to The Nocturnist wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with biotech journalist Luke Timmerman, who closely watched the FDA and the saga of this Alzheimer's drug, aducanumab, for years. Luke, let's turn to the price of this treatment because it's made some jaws drop. What's been the reaction inside the biotech industry to Biogen's $56,000 decision? This greatly concerns everyone I talk to in the biopharmaceutical industry because it could provoke a payer backlash and a bigger populist backlash. Like, look, well, there was a lot of heroic work that was done during COVID-19. And now here comes along a company with an Alzheimer's drug that's really unproven and they're setting this egregiously high price. Uh, this is the kind of thing that gave pharmaceuticals a bad name in this country. And a lot of people are worried and upset that this could boomerang back and actually chill all kinds of other drug development. That boomerang is already coming back at drug makers. Yesterday, June 24th, Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren and Republican Bill Cassidy called for a hearing on Aduhelm, asking whether Congress should give Medicare more power to tie the price of a drug to its clinical effectiveness. Biogen is feeling the heat. Just the day before, the company said, quote, We stand ready to work with public and private payers to address pricing. An eyebrow-raising statement and a nod to widespread doubts that $56,000 a year is a fair price for a drug of questionable efficacy. Luke, is there a quote that you've gotten from an industry executive that captures the concern around Biogen's putting a really big price tag on a drug that has shown so little evidence that it actually does much? I spoke to one executive who shared that he had spoken to someone at Biogen and said, what the hell are you guys doing? And he told me, he thought, you know, I thought maybe they'd price it at $12,000. I mean, and, and that even made him a little queasy. It isn't like something that he would recommend to his mom and dad because he's looked at the evidence. But yeah, that, that price just strikes many people, even within the pharmaceutical industry, as uh, egregious. Anything from investors. Are you hearing that investors are sort of eager to pour money into more risky stuff now? I think 
uh, biotech investors have had a pretty healthy appetite for risky things the past few years anyway. We really are in a golden age of biomedical research and development. It's been raising a lot of money. It's been rapidly expanding across different therapeutic areas. And I think a lot of investors would like to keep it that way. And when they see uh, a cloud of doubt come from the FDA, it makes a lot of them nervous. I mean, how big of a deal is this decision, Luke, when it comes to the FDA's reputation or how people perceive the agency and its standards? Can I tell you a little personal anecdote? So I've been covering this sector for a long time, and I speak with my friends and family about things like the vaccines. And one of the things that I've told them is about that FDA process, that part of what makes us the world leader in biomedicine is that we have this really rigorous, transparent process. They don't just read a paper and take somebody's word for it in industry or at Harvard or Stanford or anywhere else. They do their own diligence. So when I see something like what happened with aducanumab, it's demoralizing. I kind of feel like I have egg on my face, and it gives me some doubt, like (laughs) a little bit of doubt about what it is they're doing. And I think there are a lot of people in industry that, that are asking themselves that same question. Luke, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on Tradeoffs. Thanks, Dan, for having me. When you step back and look at all the Aduhelm news that's unfolded, it's pretty wild. Just this week, bipartisan senators called for a hearing. FDA leaders published a rare op-ed defending their decision. Drug maker Biogen signaled it might actually give up some ground on price. And Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra said his agency is looking closely at the drug's cost. And Aduhelm has only been approved for 19 days. Thanks to all of you, our listeners, for tuning in this week to our special series that the team worked so hard to put together. This is obviously a fast-moving story that we plan to follow closely, and we look forward to sharing with you what we learn. If you have any show ideas, please pitch us at info at tradeoffs.org. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. There's a growing national awareness around the need for a more sensitive, more collaborative approach to crisis call response as people with mental illness continue to be arrested and sometimes killed in the wake of 911 calls. Cities across the country are piloting new programs to change their models, but in some communities, these efforts have been going on for decades. You know, there's no such thing as a treatment-resistant person. We only have treatment-resistant programs. One community looks at the long game for crisis call response. Next time on Tradeoffs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Tradeoffs, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod or sign up for our newsletter at tradeoffs.org. 
The Tradeoffs team is producer Ryan Levy, Chief of Strategy and Operations Jessica Silverman, Operations Assistant Jamie Song, Sound Designer Andrew Perella, and Senior Producer Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music from Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Matt Grennan and the Tradeoffs Advisory Board. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Arnold Ventures, the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics at the University of Pennsylvania, West Health, the California Healthcare Foundation, and the National Institute for Healthcare Management. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 